welcome to my home. Enter freely of your own will and leave some of the happiness you bring. Count Dracula? I am Dracula. And I bid you welcome, Mr. Harkon, to my house. Come here. All right, Mary, welcome to week one-ish, two-ish of All Right Scary. Blah. Week two, I would say sleeping with the enemy okay. for those like couple right. of seconds she was in the yeah. bathtub. We're yeah. kinda, that was kinda well, I remember that yeah. was like our transition. It was like, yeah. Yeah, it was. We eased in because, you know, when we were originally planning out this this schedule there was another movie that had was initially going to be our first and it was like oh that's that's next mm. week's movie that's an aggressive start <laughs> so you know um yeah. yeah and you know what i'm glad that we're starting in this like 92 93 era um with bram stoker's dracula uh we just did a francis ford coppola movie with peggy sue got married so it just kind of feels it felt right yeah, we're in our Francis era. We uh, we did. I was thinking that I was like, wow, we just did Peggy Sue, and you know, because I feel like you know, it's like Francis Ford Coppola is like what a name. Like with a name like uh-huh. Francis Ford Coppola, you can't just you know, no offense to like you know tax accountants, but like you know, what a name, you know. And I know he's got like a production company. I think he's got some wines. Yeah. Like he's put his name on a bunch of things. But I feel like, especially for like men. He's such a like, oh, Francis Ford Coppola, because in the 70s, right. he was the right. king. He had hit yep. after hit after hit with, um, you know, he did, uh, well, I guess in, in terms of writing and directing, but it was like Apocalypse Now and the Godfather movies and um, uh, the conversation, like movies that dad. Yes. Like. And they're so, dad movies, you know, no question. They're like Francis Ford Coppola is a dad movie kind of guy but later in his career he started making mom movies, mom movies. Right. and i think peggy sue and i dracula. think dracula is a mom yes. movie yes completely um you know mary i'm curious you'd never seen this before i've only seen this once and i'm curious what your thoughts are on the outset like just like gut dracula bram stoker's dracula what had had how did it go for you? I mean, it is it is the I've never seen it before. This was a, a video store classic that I, you know, I've seen on the shelves throughout my entire childhood. In every West Coast video, blockbuster video, outhouse, doghouse, greenhouse, you look for them. I saw Bram Stoker's Dracula and never rented it. And honestly, I've never been a big vampire fan. I've never I I couldn't tell you how many vampire movies I've seen because I don't I can't think of any huh. others other than this one. You never saw. I just Buffy. don't really get into that. The movie I never saw. I I think I saw oh. the movie a long okay. time ago. That was like a TBS Saturday afternoon kind of movie. Um, I don't know. There's just something about the whole vampire genre. I I just never even books. I never Anne really Rice. clicked with. I'm and actually so, very surprised to hear you say that. I feel like Anne Rice is the author you would have found when you were 13. 
No, I know. No, Anne Rice. I mean, I was certainly reading a lot of other like horror yeah. novels, but I Christopher Pike and like yeah. finding, of course, and even like the sort of like trashy paperback novels for adults in the seventies, the eighties, the nineties. Like mm-hmm. I, yep. But I, I, there was just something about the whole vampire world and Anne Rice that I just didn't cross over into. So I'd never even seen like the original Dracula movie or any of the other Draculas that have come out throughout the years. Um, but I knew the story, you know, we all kind of like know the story. Um, I, I've never seen any of the versions of Nosferatu, but I think that's an interesting, creepy version Mm. of this. Um, so all that to say that I went in quite the virgin bride and I felt this movie is like the cinematic version of like a Halloween party at the buffet at the Bellagio. Mm. It is so ornate and just over the top and sumptuous people would say that'd be the buzzword for it because it's just this visual Mm. feast it's so over the top and and there's elements of it where it's like is this classy right or is this chintzy yeah yeah Yeah. you know um yeah those are my initial thoughts I, i kind of love that reading because is this chintzy or is this classy right there's to me uh dracula as a figure is is both of those things right like it is so chintzy mm-hmm. and there's something really elegant about and 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 high drag about dracula of course like it's i it is it is and i think that's also the thing is like when a drag queen is doing like high elegant drag you know i think of chanel mm. it's just like yeah but you're also like what how this is so <laughs> right, campy right. like look at sh- like chanel is bram stoker's yes. dracula well that's what's so great about certain drag queens that are doing we were just talking about vicky vivacious and Alyssa edwards the joan collinsness of it all you put teeth you put vampire teeth in any of those drag queens in whatever look they're wearing, and it reads as like a Dracula. Mm-hmm. Like that's like if you're not just a vampire, you're a Dracula. <laughs> yes. Like because there's lots of vampires out there and vampire stories, but Dracula is the like the Norma yes, Jean, Mary. the yes, high drag, the, the, the Zillowette. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Well, that's what Absolutely. I think is so. Um, oh, I don't know. Um, engrossing with Bram Stoker's Dracula, this version. Because it is a little slow, but once you see it as... Because, to be honest with you, not much happens. Um, It is very much like an opera. And when you think of Bram Stoker's Dracula as an opera, the whole aesthetic then makes sense. Right? You don't have much character development. You have a lot of ornate things. You have scenes that go on way too long. You have scenes that are way too short. You have weird characters that come in and out. You have amazing costumes. You have over-the-top acting, and you have really shitty acting, but it doesn't matter because they're just a set piece. They just have to wear an outfit and be a character for an aria, you know? Um, and, and that's how I, how I watch this. It's very much like watching um, uh, an opera. Well, and it has very three very distinct acts as well. Yes. Feel, like you can almost feel the act breaks, Completely. you know, um, and they're all about 40 minutes yes. long. And so there's also that of like, oh, this, this has a structure to it. And I mean, to be honest, like the first act, the first 40, 45 minutes of the movie are chaos. Yeah. 
I yeah. mean, like, the, the so much happens in that first 45 minutes that, like, it actually, it, it's, it's a slow movie at times, but not until the second act and then the third act. That's actually where it slows down. The first act is like, Jesus Christ, what the fuck? What's going to happen now? Right. You know? Right. Um, and I, I, so I appreciated that, too, because, like, going into this, there was a little bit of that feeling of, like, oh, God, like, how long is it going to take to, like, get into mm. this like is there going to be like a lot of setup mm. and a, and like because sometimes period pieces and this this specific type of accent this actory british accent it's like i just go i go deaf to it like men in suits talking in this accent i don't hear Same. anything in movies i, I hear yeah. nothing that's why i could never um, get into like downton but, abbey or, or, or yep. yeah the brideshead revisited yeah. it's just like oh my god <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to visit it once, you know? Uh, yeah, forget going back. Uh, so so this, I thought, I was a little worried about that at first. And while there were moments of that in once you got to Act 2 and Act 3, in Act 1, it's just like a whirlwind of action. Yeah, no, a lot happens in that first act. And then, yes, the, the, the story becomes very simple after that. Um, one thing, there's two things that I want to note about this movie that were important I think to know before I watched it uh, so I watched it twice and I found out this stuff after watching it the first time but Bram Stoker's Dracula like the original novel is a series of letters I did not know this or letters or journal entries oh it's kind of like well Carrie has mm. a lot of that where it's very like letters and entries from books mixed in with the narrative i was assuming that was the sort of epistolary quality of the movie was coming from yeah they like um news headings and and newspaper clippings Mm -hmm. and stuff like that right like it's all telling the story of dracula through people experiencing it right through their eyes um so that kind of explains a lot of the the weird voiceovers, the random voiceovers, the just very quick scenes, just like here and here and there and everywhere. The other thing that I think is a film snob's dream, like a filmophile or a cinephile, whatever you call them. So Francis Ford Coppola, I watched the, the, the making of the behind the scenes, um, all of the behind the scenes Segments put together is about an hour and 12 minutes. There's a lot of content. They took this movie so seriously. Like there were scenes of them playing like zip zap zoom, Mary, the actors. Um, it's wild. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, that's not the, like the most serious thing I've ever heard of. They took it so seriously. They played zip well, zap zoom. I, no, I did read that they like all sat around and read the book for two yeah, days. Yeah. Yeah. No, like it was a thing. Yeah. And, when you watch the making of, you're like, oh, my God, all of the parts of this movie. If you had just watched the behind the scenes first and then you watch the movie, you'd be like, wow, what a fantastic disaster. Because mm. th- like so much thought, Mary, went into everything. And here's here's the kicker. And this is what I didn't know and totally explains a lot of the head scratching moments. All of the effects in Bram Stoker's Dracula were done in camera. 
Yeah, I read that there, there, you know, there was no like post production or like CGI or whatever. And so you think about like some of that stuff in Act Three, the the chase with the. Um, am I allowed to say they say gypsies in the movie? But the guys who are bringing uh-huh. Dracula back yeah. to his house. Um, all of that was like, oh, this has got to be in front of a green screen. So no. I'm like, how the, I mean, how the fuck did you do this? And they scenes? show you in the uh, behind the scenes. Mary, the train scenes were incredible. Mm. It's like there's like a few of them, right? The first one where you see Dracula's eyes in the sky. Mary, yeah. all of that was done with um, perspective. And then they projected the eyes onto a screen in the back. Uh, it's unbelievable. Um, there was this one shot where, uh, you see the, yeah, you see the book that one of them is writing in. And then there's like a shot in the background. It's all done with like, the book is 20 feet wide. Wow. Oh, that's really cool. I mean, and I'm sure some of this might just be like just editing, but you know, in terms of, little moments that I really noticed was at one point they like zoom in on the bite marks in Lucy's neck uh-huh. and then it transitions to the, the light in yes. the eyes of a wolf. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, that, that I like, it's so over yeah. the top, but at that point you're at the Bellagio, right. yeah. get some crab legs and start cracking. Yeah, It's magic, know? right? It's all uh, part of the, and it felt like it was a very intentional aesthetic to do all these effects in camera as kind of a callback to the older movies. I think Francis Ford yeah. Coppola refers to mm-hmm. them as naive effects. And he, mm. he kind of then evokes a very interesting phrase. Um, he says, it gives the film a mythical soul. And the way that I kind of interpret that is like there is, um, there's storytelling here, right? If the the whole spirit of Dracula is that we're telling the story of Dracula through multiple people's experiences. Um, it makes sense that we're kind of putting on a play. Yeah. I mean, I, and I think, you know, this is also like a story that's been told yeah, so many right. times and like, just it, it's not a new story. And so I think like this made a lot of sense in a way to not only, do new things with the story, but also do some like old fashioned things with the way that you're making it. Cause it's like to ask the question, how did you guys do that scene? It's like, however they used that's to, that's right. It. You know, it's like, that's how they did it because this is not, we didn't just start seeing, you know, people, you know, chasing each other on horses. They've been doing that for uh-huh. decades. And so like, how did they do that in the past? And I mean, and sometimes you see like documentaries about like old Hollywood and like, these enormous productions and just these yeah, huge the set pieces where people would die. You know what I mean? Like just crazy shit that they could never do now, but it's just like, that's how they did it. They just fucking built it. So it does. I, I read about all that after watching it and I was like, Oh, that, that would make me want to watch it again. Yeah, no, it, that's, that is why you watch this movie again, because it's not, it's not that good, right? Like the act, you don't watch this for the acting. You don't go to the Metropolitan Opera to see them act. You go to see, hear them sing, to hear the orchestra, to see the grandness of the sets and the lights, the, the human feet of them filling that hall with their voice or their voices. It's not because they're, you know, emoting the text, if you will, you know? 
Take that, well, Renee Fleming. So the other thing that I think is really, I can't recommend enough for anybody that hasn't seen this movie or before you watch it again, to watch the segment with um, Aiko Ishioka, who did the costumes, because it was, uh, my, uh, my breath was taken away at the genius of this woman. And she won an Oscar. Yeah, which is, I mean, it's the best I mean, part of the movie. It is the most drag of the movie. It's actually what elevates the movie. And it's Francis Ford Coppola's sort of cause because he said to her, he said, listen, the costumes need to be the set pieces. Because we have Keanu Reeves yeah, as Jonathan exactly. Parker. Exactly. So we're going to need to tap dance around that. And, you know, and that's something to to bring up because I think, you know, going into this, I also didn't remember if this movie was like a big hit or if it was a big bomb because this is the kind of movie that could be either and apparently it was a huge hit which is great and it like saved this production company and all that but it has all of the elements of something to just be this like absolute like beautiful like a, like a babylon mm. you know that just came out last year it was like this huge movie that just like ended up being right. nothing and part of that especially when you look at the cast not necessarily like gary oldham because it's like you know, Oldman, excuse me. Because uh, I, I feel like he, he, I don't know if his performance is good or bad, but it's huge. And that's what the role Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. You, I mean, he owned. The fact that I want to talk about Gary Oldman in this movie before I want to talk about Winona Ryder or Anthony fucking Hopkins, Tony Hopkins, Mary. Says yeah. a lot about. Winnie Ryder. Yeah. And <laughs> Tony Hopkins. Ryder. Yeah. Um, <laughs> knowns, you know. Hey, knowns, dubs, you know. Dubs, they call her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dubs, dubs, rider. Um, it says a lot because Gary Oldman, right? Like, oh my God, it the the amount of I mean, talk about a drag performance. There were so hey, many facets of this character that he just nailed. He nails. I, I'm just like, yes, go all the way in, all the way in. Wear mm -hmm. the fuck yep. out of those garments. Like, none of it was wearing him. None of the makeup was wearing him. He totally just transformed with whatever form he was put in. It was so impressive. I feel like there are those actors like Gary Oldman's been like this. Daniel Day Lewis is like this. I guess what's his name? Um, Christian Bale kind of does this where they they will do these like sort of male diva transformations sure. into sure. roles that I like I admire because it's like I'm sure there's all kinds of ego and whatnot, whatever. I'm just talking about an actor in a role where she's like, wow, you are. I feel like RuPaul loves these kind of performances because Gary Oldman is not afraid to look yeah. ridiculous. He's not, he, I, I, what's interesting is like, you could look at a role like this and say, Oh, like there could be a lot of ego, but I think there needs to be like no ego. I think you need, especially when you're playing like the act one Dracula uh, with Jonathan, and the uh, castle, you got to be willing. Like, I feel that like point, that, sure. that, that performance, I think, is, and I earnestly, is on the shelf next to Faye Dunaway <laughs> as Joan Crawford. It's so fair, Mary. It's so fair. You know? Chewing the scenery, uh, or chewing the shadows of the scenery in this case. Like, it is so over the top. It's, it's so bad, it's good. Yeah. 
I mean that uh, you know the shaving scene. Oh my god! Uh, obviously, is like practically the reason we're doing this episode. But when he licks that knife, <sighs> I was like, "Oh, you better work, <laughs> bitch! Oh, you better work, bitch! That is you, you bitch, you bitch!" How? I mean, the fact that he wore that red velvet robe with the long drag, like a drag queen, drag queen wishes they could have that long of a train and own the fuck out of it. He totally owned the entire set. Like there was, Oh God, it was just so well done. It could have been really cheesy and bad. And in some ways it, it was, and it was perfect. I, you need it to be a little campy. Like, I think you need it to be a little over the top. I feel like it had the capacity to be like John Travolta in Battlefield Earth. Uh, and the fact that like with that kind of with that much cheese at at Gary's disposal, the fact that he was still able to make such a delicious pizza. You know what I mean? Like he he had such room to yeah. fail. It's a know? Gina Gershon in Showgirls type of performance where mm-hmm. he was very aware yeah. of everything. What I also appreciate about this whole movie and everybody that worked on it, and then compared to kind of like the the end product, they all took it so seriously. You know what I mean? Like it was all so serious, and mm-hmm. yet it's this like vampire story. You know? <laughs> well, I think like I I think for it to be this like buffet at the Bellagio, they all have yeah. to take it so like it's seriously. not historical fiction or it's historical fiction no. like it did happen, but you know we're learning we're making up the story about Jonathan Harker, for instance, you know. Yeah, and and I feel like it's yeah, like it it's just it has to be. This movie would not work if it wasn't over the top, and even because you know. Let's also mention, obviously, Keanu Reeves as you know with that accent, which Keanu Reeves has acknowledged not his best work. Francis Ford Coppola was like, "Hey, we needed a matinee idol. He was the guy. It wasn't my first choice. I, what are you gonna do?" But I feel like Keanu Reeves is a pizza actor. I don't care. I love Keanu Reeves. Who doesn't like Sarah Lee? Who doesn't like Keanu Reeves? I forgive it. It's terrible. It's it. you know what? It it's Jonathan Harker's character is so inconsequential to this movie. It just like doesn't oh. fucking matter, Heidi in Closet. You know what I mean? No. Uh his his character is like a damsel in distress, given nothing to do but like Correct. Around. Yeah. Yeah. He was useless as a character and therefore it like it just didn't matter they had the marquee name and you know i i I, we have to save to talk about um w um because (laughs) dub rider no um because i do want to talk about uh the other standout performance the one that i think is the bookend to dracula is lucy played by sadie frost her performance also completely got this movie. It was it was like a Gina Gershon perfect camp but serious like performance. There was no holes in it. None. Well, there were two holes in her neck, <laughs> but uh and I guess you could say that, you know, Lucy did she, die and come she back. She certainly did uh, in this movie. <laughs> she certainly did. No, so Lucy is a fascinating character to me because she's the other 
she's the other she's the supporting female character yeah that's right she's who i would play in all the variation well she's exactly who you would play i would say you know on that topic i don't know who i would play i think i'm relegated to playing the voice of sister agnes who wrote the letter (laughs) after jonathan got to the convent there's really no one else for me in this movie which is a bummer uh but I think Lucy, Lucy to me is kind of like, it's a bigger character obviously than Lady Macduff, but it's like the other woman in the story. And I am interested in variations of Dracula that focus on or like switch up the narrative to be more about Lucy being like, what's going on with my friend Mina? Mm. But in this kind of traditional narrative, like Lucy's the star of act two. Oh no, Lucy. Oh, completely. Well, that's, that's also what I love about Dracula is like, oh, and it stars Winona Ryder and Keanu Reeves. Mary, they're the B mm-hmm. storyline. They're Anthony and um, Joanna in Sweeney Todd. Mrs. Lovett and Sweeney Todd are Dracula and Lucy. The movie is mostly mm-hmm. about Lucy becoming a fucking phenomenal vampire. Yeah, and she's she's a more interesting character than Mina. She, uh, we're kind of more wrapped up. I feel like we know more about Lucy uh, and have more of a sense of her. Mina is so just like oh, I'm I'm Mina Murray, oh, you know. It's just like oh, I'm a school teacher, oh. and you know, until towards the end, and she gets the, she gets know, those moments, yeah, finally, the Romanian moments. She gets those moments, but no, Lucy gets the best moments Completely. in the movie, Completely. and. Yeah, she's she's the character I'm I'm maybe most interested in of like what do other versions of Dracula what do they do with Lucy? Yeah, I mean, it's worth noting that Bram in Bram Stoker's book, I didn't read that um she's actually she's played as a little bit more vixeny before she becomes a vampire um whereas mm. that's not who she was in Bram Stoker. She, she is a little bit more innocent, like kind of like, ah, I have to pick between these suitors, but Sadie Frost and whatever the, the, you know, the script of the movie uh, gave her a little bit more sass um, to be the foil to, you know, the, the tightly wound Mina. Um, and she was kind of the Tatum. In yes. Screen. Yes. She's um, Mina Suvari's character in American beauty. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, it's funny because in some ways, like, I could see Nev Campbell could do Mina. And I see, like, so I kind of feel like, oh, I could really see, like, Mina is the Sydney Prescott and Lucy is the yes. Tatum. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, no question. Um, she has that amazing line, please let me touch it. It's so big uh, when she's talking with Quincy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she is. Uh, she is good from start to finish. And... When I say finish, I, I, this has to be something I remember. I have to just write this down. But that scene with her in the wedding dress when she's holding the child, uh, which is, which is oh, all in yeah. white with the white face, it is a – it's when you talk about like the cell with Jennifer Lopez and it being like visually stunning, that is one of the most visually stunning sequences in a 90s movie I've seen. 
Well, I think in terms of like the the scary like visuals from this movie, or, or like just the like the really unnerving visuals, I think Dracula in Act One as like you know the the Grandpa Munster Dracula, mm-hmm. um, and Mina or sorry Lucy as this kind of like undead white faced bride. I think those are the scariest. Like ooh, yeah. like like that's the those are the things that get under my skin about this movie and yeah i honestly i agree i think i think sadie frost and lucy are the like we as a society need to be talking more about that's right of uh, of this movie that's right why i mean obviously gary oldman and count dracula right and then you want to talk about how terrible uh keanu's accent was and winona ryder you know is not as good um even though she looked beautiful um for whatever reason, nobody's talking about Sadie Frost or Mary, best supporting actor Tom Waits. Renfield was also oh. equally grotesque. Yeah, I mean, because I feel like I I know that name from the like the names of the Dracula verse, and I thought, boy, this was a real like, you know so much ham on this mm. performance and in a great way like what a great idea ham to just have him be like this madman mm. ham and worms yeah. just a ham and worm sandwich the whole time um tom waits for no man jesus to tell him to eat a worm <laughs> tom waits he just eats no it. man um yeah. yeah tom waits in a jail cell this entire movie yeah, yeah. i mean in many ways renfield's storyline like all of those scenes like could have been cut out of this movie really uh, he becomes very important yeah. because he gives away, uh, I guess, where Dracula is. But um, I otherwise, like, it's kind of like, oh, OK, skip, you know. But the performance is so gross uh, and sad and and spooky, right, that it, it, it works. Yeah. Renfield's kind of like a prequel to this story because it's That's like, right. well, what happened to Renfield yeah. that like put him in the asylum? So I kind of feel like I'm sure there's seven movies out there and like four TV Correct. shows called Renfield, and I'm sure that's exactly what it's about. So um, I'm probably not, you know, bringing up any new ideas to anybody. <laughs> Nobody's listening, going, "Hey, now that that writer strike is over, that you know that Fagatroid with the podcast has a good idea about what we should do with this Renfield guy." Uh. Let's make a prequel. (laughs) Well, back to Lucy and when Lucy, quote unquote, when they finally kill her. um, When she did die and come back. So a couple of things about it uh, that first of all, that look is like very Dracula. You know what I mean? Like, how can you not? Oh, yeah. You know, Um, the the costume designer, Aiko, she was inspired. All of Lucy's costumes were um, uh, supposed to be like a lizard. Oh, that's interesting. So when you th- oh yeah, I could see that a lot of green dresses. Uh, yeah. Well, the green dresses were uh, um, Mina's. Hers were orange, and then oh. she had the wedding dress. If you remember the wedding dress, she ha- it's that huge stole, and the stole looks like you know the the the, the dinosaur in Jurassic Park. Oh, the gay one. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, she it's that. Oh God! They're in that mausoleum. It's just so gothic. It's so dragula. It's so over the top. She comes in with the baby. Um, she vomits the blood. But what I love about it, and I learned this from the behind the scenes, is uh, she, when when they show her kind of recoiling from the cross, going back into the coffin, the way that they do that effect is that they film it 
or they film it backwards essentially they they make the film oh, go I, backwards yeah yeah of her going back into the coffin uh, i read that in the in the trivia um yeah i uh there's there's elements of this this white bride look that i it just mean it's obviously very different but i <clears throat> when you say dragula i think about saint's ghost oh from, uh, sure yeah dragula whatever saint's ghost mm-hmm. resurrection or whatever it was yeah um yeah, I uh, she was great, and then they cut her head off, and yeah, staked her heart. It's yeah, it's very very bloody. Um, just the explosions of blood around Lucy. Like I feel like most of the vampire-y stuff was with Lucy and Gary Oldman, and then obviously later on, I guess Winona is added in. Um, yeah, Act One and then Act Three, if you will. Yeah. Um, other than the bride. Well, I, that was, uh, what I was, I was going to bring that up next. Um, God, I, I don't know what it is about this. I just love this. I just, ugh. this is also goes into my drag aesthetic. I just loved them. They're just like, they're so horny. Yeah. Like, please, <laughs> Dracula. We're so it's horny. So, oh. um, <laughs> please. And one of them is played by Monica Bellucci and she's somebody now. Oh, I have no idea. She's or she's been somebody. Yeah. She's like a, she's like a big actress uh, who's, she's been in, oh, she's been in some of the Matrix movies. She played Persephone. Oh. And she was in that awful movie, Irreversible, that nobody needs to. Oh see. God, that movie is fucked up. Don't watch that movie. Don't watch that movie. Oh my God, read or at least read about it before yeah. you watch it. Jesus Christ, no. God, it was such a trend. Yeah, it was such like was a in that, right? like in college, like oh, we're gonna smoke dope and watch Irreversible, and it's just like why? What the fuck? <laughs> right? Like why do you need to like? watch a single shot of somebody being assaulted in a hallway for 10 minutes. Cause that's Christ. literally what it is. I've never seen it, but it's one of the, I didn't need to, I just read about it and I was like, yeah, we're good. Uh, well, we're good. I love the Dracula's um, brides. I love uh, learning that they were choreographed by this like dancer, uh, this dance choreographer. Um, and they were all of their movements and stuff were made to look like bugs. Oh, girl, there's bugs. Yeah, they were very, like, there was at one point where they were, like, slithering away from somebody, maybe from It was Jonathan. Jonathan. I know exactly the shot you're talking about. And it was, and it was, like, a scene out of the thing. They were, like, fused together or something. It was just, you know what I mean? There was a weird, like, clickety-clickety-crawling away thing. They seemed like it was, like, two of them were, like, a spider. Yeah, it reminded me of um, uh, Suspiria, the new one. Oh, yes. Uh, When, um, oh, like some of the choreography, like some of that, like, yeah. Um, Yeah, so there was that. Uh, You know, there, this is something that I think is like a part of the original book, but I kind of had to get together with like, there's Jonathan, who we meet in Act One. Like, I guess the character of Holmwood and Morris and Dr. Seward, like the three of them, I feel like other adaptations of this have combined some of those characters into one because they do feel a little excessive. Um, well, I know that Lucy does have suitors, um, but yeah, as far as who they are, I don't know. I know that 
um, Van Helsing does like put together a like a crew of dudes, right? And so we definitely see that in this movie that there's this like crew of dudes that are going around and hunting vampires, you know. And I feel like that's very much what this is: these boys that go around and they're doing it, you know. Um, so, but I don't know. I, I, get I it. one of I them's just, from Texas. I was like, that's yeah. so fucking random. It just it felt like if they had cut out Quincy, um, yeah, then I don't think anything would really Correct. be lost no. because, like, I was fine with the Doctor Seward character. He feels kind of gay to me, maybe because Richard Grant's gay. But I like the idea of like, oh, he's gay. That's what I want to believe that Doctor Seward's gay, and then Carrie Elways is mm. uh, is her fiance, and so I kind of understood by like, okay, that's that's Lucy's boyfriend, Richard E. Grant, and. God, he's not related to Hugh Grant, but he looks... Not that I... He looks like him. They do look very similar, and they're both British, and... Well, yeah. I mean, are we sure? Are we I sure mean, it would. I feel like it would scream that on Wikipedia, and it just doesn't say... You know, it's a, his spouse is Joan Washington, children, one. Yeah. He's from Cape Town, you know. Um, well, he's got a brother named Stuart Esterheisen. Esterheisen. Um, but yeah, not is he related. Not gay. I thought he was. Yeah, I don't know. I thought he was gay. Yeah. Uh, he moved to the city, and now he's gay. Um, he, he better be gay. I got to talk about Carrie Elwes, who I never really know how to say his name, but um, he was someone when I was a young boy that I was attracted to, but like didn't know I was attracted to him, but like I was attracted to him. Does that make sense? Yes, yes. Well, and I think he, like in our childhoods, I feel like between The Princess Bride and Robin, and Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Like uh, no, Men in Tights. Kind of Men in like, Tights, yeah. Or Men in Tights. I knew it was one of them. But between those two, it was like he was a, a hot prince mm. of our childhoods. He was in The Crush with Alicia Silverstone and you see his butt. Yeah. Which I think did things oh. for me. Um, yeah, I think he's he's not my type. And yet, I'm very attracted to him. Does that make sense? Yeah, he's he's a bit fairer than I usually go mm. for. But if but uh, you know, I'll take Carrie Elways always. Jesus. Uh, and Billy Campbell, uh, notable because he plays Slim's abuser in Enough. Oh, of course, and he was in that show with Seal Award. Right. Now and again, or something like that. Whatever. Which is like a show I never watched. I couldn't tell you anything about that show except that he was in it with Seal Award, and now I'm not even sure if that's true. Yeah. Once and again, I don't know what you're talking about, but I imagine that you'll figure it out and tell me. Um, I'm I'm gonna figure it out and I'm gonna tell you. So don't you worry about it. Uh, but I did. You know, there's something I don't know. Something that feels right about having three, but I will say those scenes always felt a little crowded and it almost felt like, yes, yes. like when, when I was a teacher, uh, you'd sometimes have to create parts for people in a play and, you know, cause you know, there are 21 kids that audition instead of the 20 in the play, you know? Um, and it feels like Quincy took some of Arthur's lines, you know? That's how it felt was like, oh, here, we'll make you another love interest of, right. of Lucy's because because we got to give, you know, a little Jared get a Bukaki going here, uh, you know, can't be a threesome. Yeah, we're, we yeah, gotta, we're trying know, to get a real cocks in her. Yeah. yeah, right. 
Yeah, I bought the blue tarp. You know, we might as well make yeah, it messy. She's a slut. We got to make her look like a slut. Yeah, she just <laughs> she just loves cocks. What can I say? She loves she it. Loves them. She loves it. She loves it. Um, fucking loves it. Yeah, uh, they were an interesting little pair. Um, I I don't know if you want to talk about any kind of moments throughout. Uh, if there's any kind of moments in each act that stuck out, if you want to just stick to kind of character dossiers, Mary. Um, so I don't want to take us down a path that you're not ready to go down. Well, I feel like we only really have two more people to talk about and then we can get into some moments. Sure, let's do it. Because ha- the only people we have left to talk about are Van Helsing and Knowns. So um, I feel like Van Helsing... So Anthony Hopkins is Van Helsing. I... I this is This is like the perfect example of like, is this good or is this terrible? Because I love Anthony Hopkins, but there's a way in which this performance is just like... It's just a ball of cheese with nuts on it. I think Anthony Hopkins, fresh off Hannibal Lecter, it, to me it seems like this is a script and Francis Ford Coppola type of problem. And Tony was just like, well, I'll do the best I can. Yeah, I'll dance with Mina at one point, and it won't be in the script. It'll just be this little thing I do while we're talking right. on the stairs. Right. right. And no one's will just go with it because we've been playing Zip Zap Zop for two weeks, so we're ready for improv. <laughs> I feel like they were all very nervous to act with Anthony Hopkins. And meanwhile, Anthony Hopkins had to be nervous to be in this, you know, risk. And I bet he's just like the sweetest yeah. little goose. I bet he's just the sweetest sure. little man. Mm-hmm. And he's Tony. They call him Tony yeah. in the um, documentary. So, uh, oh, of yeah. course, I love that. <laughs> Ugh. Dick Grant, Tony Hopkins, yeah, yeah, Bill Campbell, Knowns, uh, uh, Tommy. Uh, Waits. Do they just call him Francis or? Tommy Waits. Yeah, Tommy Waits was great. They probably called him um, Francis. Yeah, not Fran. It was definitely Francis. Or Frank. Yeah. Maybe. Anyway, yeah. Anthony Hopkins hey, was Frank. is so inconsequential in this movie. It's I mean, yes, he has a large role. Yeah. He's a supporting actor, but it's not a standout performance. He doesn't have much to do. Power of Christ compels like the third you. Act, like, okay. you like, yeah. Right. Which, you know, that that brings up an interesting point because, yes, he is very much, like, in The Exorcist, like, not Father Karras, Father, the other one who's brought uh-huh. him. Um, Father, Car- the, Father Karras is the one with the mother. Oh, Demi, why you do this to me? Um, but the Max von Sydow who, character who gets brought in later, who's just really there to do the exorcism, that's one of the things about exorcist movies and van helsing's role in this movie that i find kind of a snooze like somebody performing an exorcism i don't think is very like scary or interesting and so i think in act three where van helsing's job is really to like protect mina and like you know stick a communion wafer on her forehead (laughs) uh, it it's like okay well somebody had to do it uh, you know, the, the the seven other male characters outside getting chased by you-know-whats, because I don't know if we're allowed to say that word, uh, are busy. But I also, 
it could have just as easily been one of the, those other men. Like I, I think Van Helsing as a name in this whole Dracula universe that I've heard, and I'm sure there's you know a, a show on. Net- well, there's right a movie called Van Helsing. Van Helsing. Oh yeah, there's that. I was like, oh, it is this all Van Helsing does? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I, I some Hugh people Jackman are going to be sneezing him. at that. Yeah. <laughs> really, yes. Hugh he's, Jackman plays he's, Van he, Helsing. He was written as a monster hunter. It's based on Dracula and Frankenstein and the Wolfman. So it's this like oh. all-knowing, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, kind of monster, uh, uh, supernatural kind of hunter. The Ghostbuster, if you will. Yeah, he's kind. Of, he's like Kerry Washington in Scandal. Correct. It's like if there's a if there's a scandal, I'm dealing with it. If there's a monster, I'm fighting it. Yeah, and Kate Beckinsale played opposite him, so it's like, oh man, yeah. She keeps showing up in these dud roles. Whatever happened to poor Kate? I don't know, but the one role I know about Kate Beckinsale, and she couldn't act for Beans, was Broke Down Palace. Oh yeah, no, I, I, like at least Claire Danes has. We did it, right. do it, and she slams her right, hand on the right, fence. Right. But Kate doesn't do anything in that movie, <laughs> literally. <laughs> and she's probably literally. the one that did it. Literally, uh, that's my theory about that movie. She, I, she's the one that. And did isn't it. she the? And then doesn't it end up that that that's right? Uh, the yep. other one, yep. ends up staying in the prison, and Kate Beckinsale yeah. leaves. Yeah, that ending can be echoed with A League of Their Own. If you think that Dottie dropped oh. the ball on purpose. Oh, do you, is, is Claire Danes the Dottie here? Yeah. So Claire, basically, like, the, the backstory between Claire Danes and Kate Beckinsale is that she, Claire was always getting Kate into trouble. Always getting her into trouble. Oh, she was kind of a troubled youth. She was kind of a bad girl. And kind of the bad influence and, you know, all that stuff sort of comes out and, you know, they go to they go to Thailand for the the vacation after their graduation before college. And yeah, and something happens, you know, uh, some drugs get smuggled into their bags and then they go to jail and they're put into this prison and it's awful and it's, you know, it's um, pretty offensive as well. Stinks. Um, But. Anyway, at the end, if and the spoiler alert, but basically they they get a lawyer to kind of strike a deal because that's how these courts are run. Um, Bill Pullman. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and that fabulous wife of his in the movie. Um, if oh, if she if she admits to it, then she and and sh- she is she says. If she admits to it, then they'll get like a slap on the wrist. And what ends up happening is she does do that. And the judge is like, oh, okay, great. And kind of goes back on the promise that they, that the deal that they gave to Bill Pullman. And at the last minute, Claire Danes' character is like, no, I'll serve both sentences. I'll serve my sentence and hers. And it, from what it seems like it's yes, you could read it as Claire Danes was guilty and cause she's the one that did it or what I think is uh, she's making up for a, an entire 
childhood worth of guilt. And it's like, no, I'll just serve this sentence. And she lives her life out in the rest for the rest of her life in the prison. Jesus Maria. Yeah, hey, hey, talk about all right, scary. Yeah, we gotta do that movie. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, speaking of scary movies in Kate Beckinsale, I will say uh, I slept on this movie for as long as it's been out, and then I think I finally watched it in like the last year. But she's in this little movie called Vacancy with Luke Wilson, and it is oh. a great little horror movie. Yeah, I remember that Straight movie. Straightforward. I do remember that movie. Great. And she's actually she's she's really good in it. He's good too. It's uh oh that movie was scary. Oh. Oh my God, I was really, I was really impressed. So especially the spooky season, vacancy is a like good old fashioned, just like no frills, like fucked up situation kind of movie. No animals die. Isn't she, she's the main, speaking of vampires, she's also in Underworld. She's the main chick in Underworld. With Scott Speedman. Yes, she is. Yeah. Oh, I love Scott oh, Speedman. I oh, I mean Scott Speedman or Scott Kahn, either one. There's a lot of Scots that are. You're like, oh, yeah. Okay. Should do a Scott bracket. Ooh, mm, I love a Scott bracket. Uh, yeah. Anyway, back to D- Dracula um, and the operatic nature of it. We kind of talked about Anthony Hopkins. Let's talk about Nona. Let's talk about Did you suck his cock, Ryder? Mina. Yeah. One thing I will say about this, and I know that and I don't mean this to diminish her in any way. She looks incredible the entire movie. That dress with the top hat. Yes. Oh my God. I mean that top hat. I don't, I don't love that little hat, but I appreciate it as like a look. It's a I piece. wouldn't wear it, but n- sure. Nobody's offered it to me. Yeah. I think that Keanu and Winona are certainly completely outsized by this movie. Yeah. I think that they, and, and it doesn't really matter, but it does make you wonder, A, if they had cast actually British actors, like who would they have cast? Who would have been like, you know, hot young things at the time? Because I think, well, it doesn't matter. It's kind of like, what was it like all stars two when they were like, Oh, Alyssa Edwards, she does things and it makes us laugh and it doesn't matter. And Michelle Visage was like, yeah, but it kind of does. And I kind of feel like, Oh, but what if Mina was played Uh with like the fierceness of Uh a, you know, I don't even know. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. a Fiona Shaw. Exactly. Like that kind of like, Oh my God. Uh, there's a lot of life in that role. Uh, that could have been interesting. That could, I think that would have done a lot for this movie. My God. Well, I think the, one of the problems with Mina as a role is that she's kind of played as a symbol. She's written as a symbol. She actually isn't supposed to be anything. She's supposed to realize who she is by act three, right? By realizing that she's like the second coming of Elizabetta. And so it makes sense that she's kind of nothing um, and it still doesn't excuse the fact that in Act Three, I do wish there was someone that really sank their teeth into this flesh of this transformation. No pun yes, exactly. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like the casting of the spell, the you know her making out with um, Van Helsing, and all of those love scenes. The un when she says unclean, unclean, it was comedic. Um, you know what I mean? Like th- th- there wasn't it. 
Here's the thing. Oh, it, yeah. When you, go ahead. Cut. Oh. I was just saying, you know, once once she starts to have those like moments of like, uh, like she starts doing the roar, I was like, oh, you're you're out of your league. Yeah, that you, like you, way you're, bigger you know, than you're in a league of your own. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's way, yeah, you're a mermaid out to sea. Yeah, um, it's yeah, it's just not, um, it's not there. Uh, she doesn't have like the voice for it even. But that being said, it's still Winona Ryder's version of this character. And I'm like, okay, there's fairness in a Winona version playing this. Like, what is it if this type of, you know, ingenue plays this? Uh, what if this happens to an ingenue like her? I just didn't buy it. I didn't buy it. Yeah. I think that if it was a Helena Bonham Carter, it would be a very different oh. feeling by Act Three. Yeah, yeah, definitely by Act Three. You know, I think, I think that would—that's where it would make a real, a real difference. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think that this is a movie that it's a sum of its parts, and I think that the the nineteen ninety two ness of this relies on the casting of Winona yes. Ryder and Keanu Reeves. Oh, I feel like other. Otherwise, it's just a stuffy period piece mm. from the 90s with Gary Oldman and Anthony Hopkins and Richard E. Grant. Oh. But this sort of, like, funny casting keeps this on, like, the the, the movie shelf of Blockbuster in 1993. Mary, me. I think you're absolutely right. I think it adds so much uh, likability. It makes it stick out when it probably wouldn't have, even though, you know, Production-wise, it was a feat, um, but it really does make it stick out in the best way. Um, it it's kind of a compliment to the scenery chewing of Gary Oldman and Sadie Frost. It it works that yeah. she's bad in in the context of movies from nineties. Yes, completely. Yeah, especially in the 90s, I forgive this. Like, I think there's some, there's a wonderful piece of trivia that, like, oh, have you heard Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder try to be British and Bram Stoker's Dracula? It's a reason in 2023 to go back and watch this movie, other than all the other reasons. Yeah. It's like a, it's a very accessible reason to go put this movie on. It's notable. It makes it, it makes it notable because there's a lot of movies where, oh, what a great performance or, oh, what great costumes, right? this makes it notable mm -hmm. and then you get to enjoy all that other stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and so I kind of feel like, yeah, you're at the buffet at the Bellagio, but they've got pigs in a blanket, you know? And like, you could turn your nose up at pigs in a blanket, but like that I'll always have seconds of that. Ugh. And I, I have such a thing for Keanu. I, like, I, I think he is so hot. Oh. I think like, I have said, oh my God, I have like a codependent attraction oh. to like 90s Keanu Reeves. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm not I, there, but I just, got it. oh, I, it's, I don't know what it is about that man. I am like deeply attracted to like 90s Keanu Reeves. Even okay. Keanu Reeves now, he can, you know, if he wants, if he wants. I've, I've never and still don't have any, like nothing pings. Oh my God. And he shows, he shows quite a, not a lot of butt, but a bit of butt in The Devil's Advocate. Oh, I love that movie. Uh, Charlize Theron. You know, I get that performance mixed up with this performance. Like, when I think about Keanu Reeves and Dracula before watching it for this podcast, 
I think I thought of the devil's advocate. I thought he had a bigger part. Well, that would make sense. Yeah, because in the devil's advocate, he has like a really bad like Southern accent um, as Kevin Lomax. And so, oh, it's oh, my God. I love the devil's advocate. I would do that movie in a second. Well, don't talk about that movie with Jinx Monsoon. Because she she doesn't like people playing devil's advocate. Oh, and false, false, uh, false allies. I saw there was a post about a post. Did anyone figure out who she was talking about? Was it who was it? Who's not an ally? Is it Troy Savant? I think they were talking about Dak Shepard. Um, oh, the whole thing with Jonathan Van Ness yeah. and Jack Dax Shepard. I mean, Jonathan, your first mistake was going on Dak Shepard's podcast. Correct. Like, I'm sorry, sweetheart, but like, yeah. you know, you, you got your moo-moo in a knot, but like you went on Dax Shepard's podcast. Like your first mistake was engagement. <sighs> anyway. Uh, all right, Mary, let's talk about some Mary moments uh, as we end our discussion of Bram Stoker's Dracula from 1992. Yeah. Um, so here's the question. So in this version, obviously there's gay stuff. There's not, I mean, not, we'll talk about the, the, the shaving scene, but during the storm, there's that scene of Lucy and Mina kissing. Yeah. And like, mm-hmm. there's, I, I feel like there is gay stuff in here. And obviously the biggest one is like beyond gay. Dracula, he doesn't care what you got between no. your legs. He just wants what's in your veins. Oh, yeah. Like he does not care. He he will he will suck you. Yeah, he's gonna suck it out of you. That's right. Yeah, and and I think that the the um, call me by your veins tension between Dracula and Jonathan in Act One is notable. Oh no, it's very sexy. It's very. He watches him eat. Um, yeah, even when his shadow is going to strangle him, there's just uh, some sexiness to it. He pulls his sword out on him. Um, obviously, you know, mm-hmm. he, he interrupts him having a sexy time with the brides um, and, and he calls him his. And he's jealous. Yeah, he's jealous. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, very I love it. I mean, he the shading scene. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like licking that knife was so fucking like hot. I, like, I get why people get off on vampire stuff because it's like, oh, that's so like, I don't want blood anywhere near my sex Correct. you know what i mean like i don't like there's there needs to be a separator on the plate because i don't want the gravy touching that but uh, i get the like concept of it i get the intimacy of like i'm licking your knife off oh your blood off my knife when you're not looking mm. um and like the life blood of it and all that stuff but like yeah, I could have done with so much more of the seduction of Keanu Reeves in Act One. I was living. Yeah, I feel like the gayness of vampires is exploited in other Dracula movies. I don't know if there's any that are like outright gay. So I'm going to posit that to our Marys listening. Like, are there, is Dracula ever bisexual? Like, openly bisexual? Dracula, not vampires yeah uh, interview with the vampire well that one i think is the closest to two daddies having a daughter oh that's what i'm saying is like yeah that's all really gay they're not we're talking about the character of dracula they're lestat Um, which is different yeah no we want dracula suck your blood vlad um the the impaler 
Fagula. Yeah, right. You know? Exactly. Um, um, yeah. Because honestly, if if Dracula was like Dracula's gay and Mina is is. Uh, is a guy and Jonathan's a girl like all that flipping Lucy's Luke uh-huh. that's a Dracula I would get sure. into Mary write it you know yeah yeah yeah, um, um, yeah no Dracula I mean he's, I'm gonna he's super it. intense uh, I love the don't joke about that moment um, when Keanu Reeves When's well that? he laughs oh yeah and then he and, and then he has that big moment, and he's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I offended you with my ignorance." God, it's so bad. Um, I love that opening oh, scene uh, in the castle. First of all, castles. Oh God, uh, the the construction of this particular castle. It's meant to look like a person, so like its silhouette in the distance, it looks kind of like this person standing, which I think is kind of cool. Um, Joanne Castle. Joanne Castle. Uh, Eureka's Castle. Do you know Castle. Joanne Castle? I've heard that name. But yeah. I think Eureka's Castle. Joanne Castle. She uh, she she would be on the Lawrence Welk show sometimes. She played a honky tonk piano. Oh, what about Elephant She's and Castle? Nut. You know Elephant Castle? Oh, remember Elephant yeah. Castle? I think yeah. it's still it's a, a place thing. still open. Yeah. I think it is still a restaurant. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, yes. The what I wrote down here is the spookiness of this whole segment of him getting into the, 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 the little carriage ride um, and, you know, the, the spooky carriage rider and the wolves and the castle. It's so over the top. It's so Halloween. It gets you in the mood. This whole first scene, I think, is just um, delicious. This is what I imagine the movie Sleepy Hollow feels uh-huh. like. Yeah. Yeah, except Tim Burton. A lot of this. A right? lot of very stylized with but Tim yeah, Burton. But yeah, Tim Burtonized, but you know, storms and winds mm. and trees and forests and, you know, uh carriage rides mm. and all that stuff. Mm. It it all just feels like that this is what I imagine Sleepy Hollow is. And uh mm. I mean it's so like I feel like the gay version of this is like you know, uh, Dracula's hosting and Harker is traveling. It's like, oh, God, he lives, like, so far away, but the dick's supposed to be really good, yeah. so I'm going to go there. Yeah. Like, it's so, Ugh. like, there is the, the gay version of Dracula is like, oh, God, I'm traveling for a hookup. But, like... Well, yeah, Dracula watched him it's eat, worth it. you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Like, who would have thought Dracula was such a bottom, bottom, you know? Yeah, he's the bottom. Uh, Meanwhile, Jonathan eats an entire chicken. I love eating a big chicken oh in front of God. him. Uh, I I can't say enough great things about that shot of the train, of Dracula's train. Uh, it is so ornate. It is so gasp. You know what I mean? It's like yes, work. Oh, you better fucking work, Drac. Uh, so, was it a miniature or was it a real train? Oh no, that was that was the costume. We're talking about the his train of his robe. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were. I thought you were talking about a train that he was on because there is a train in the movie. They take a train, oh and for some reason, I thought you were talking about the train that he was on, and, and <laughs> so I was like, "Oh, did they film that as a miniature? Or was it a real train? No, it's his costume. It's his costume. Well, that <laughs> doesn't. De- yeah, it's for the fireplace. <laughs> now what? Um, yes. Uh, anyway, let's see. Um, yeah, we get that slutty moment from Lucy that we talked about. All those, you know, uh, those men, uh, just wanting her. Oh, I mean, you know, yes. The only reason to keep all those men is just like Lucy. 
we're going to stand around you in a circle and we're all just going to keep jerking off until we come in front of each other. We're going to not gay, not gay at all. Loose and Lucy for sure. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to, you know, Lucy loves anal. <laughs> Probably. Uh, probably yeah it's true she she was very intrigued by that that concept of like oh she just loves anal like there's something about that like oh my god he just loves anal she just loves she loves anal she's into anal oh my god the thing is she loves anal (laughs) oh god it's such a detail it's it's also such a gay thing to like want to queen out about because you know if we had a vagina we'd probably use it you know what i mean (laughs) Probably I'd use both. Yeah. I'd be like a knife block. Yeah, I'd be yeah. like, hey, I'm a power strip. Use both. It's great. A- absolutely. Oh, you want to plug in the air conditioner and you want to plug in a fan? Keep it cool, baby. I can take both. Yes. <laughs> you sweating at night? I got you. Uh, got two plugs. Uh, other moments, Mary. Any other moments you want to pick apart? Um, here's just like a dumb question. So in act two, when we meet like the young, the young Dracula seducing Mina, Mm. this is just like, I didn't know they had sunglasses in 1897. And I was curious about like, oh, when were sunglasses invented? Because those are some Ray-Bans. I don't know. Should we look that up? Yeah. Sunglasses. I don't know. You know, uh, I just thought that's something to note. Uh, well, 18th the, century, yeah, 18th century, they did. Exist. Okay, yeah. well, I guess I'll just uh, I'll bite my tongue and make a meal out of it. All right, all right. Uh, also known as sun uh, cheaters, that's the American sun oh. term. Yeah. Well, I mean, and isn't that just what jo- what Jonathan and Mina Mina are? Like, I know that he's being held prisoner, but I also feel like there's like there doesn't seem to be any like she in particular is just like you know boyfriend schmoyfriend like see a harker like she she is having like they're outside of the vampire narrative here this is also just like a repressed woman having an affair while her boyfriend's out of town oh i mean you could definitely read there yeah no question no question i mean he does there's like definitely that yeah he, that love stories yeah, there yeah he does seduce her or you know glamour her or just tap into the elizabeta of her but yeah, you're absolutely right. Like she is repressed, and uh, he just yeah he he because Jonathan is sort of like this nerdy beta, right? You get this count that's like, oh, I'm gonna you know blah blah blah. Like he's just totally seduces her, and she kind of loves it, especially when she sees, you know, I mean she's curious about it. She's reading the that tantric book. She's curious about Lucy. You know, she wants to kind of be like Lucy. So, uh, I don't know. Yeah. It's an interesting thing. Nina's reading. anal curious. Yeah, she's anal curious. Yeah. I love that. Well, and I think that, like, I, I think the... The voyeur, too. Uh, don't forget that. Good, well, sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but one of the, the details that I don't... I just never really appreciated is by the end when she wants Dracula to bite her and she's like, save me from all this death. And I certainly saw that from, like, what am I going to do? Be... You know, uh, Mina Murray got married. Case closed. You yeah, know what I mean? Right. Like, oh, I'm gonna marry Jonathan Harker and be Mina Harker, and then that's the end. That's the rest of my story. Like when she says, "Save me from all this death," I saw it as like you know, Laura Brown and the hours getting on the bus and going to Canada. Yeah. It's like save me from this dreary oh, life, Mary. It's like, the end of the vivage with uh, Anya yeah. Taylor Joy. 
Yeah. And it so it's it was and what's interesting with this where it's like he does bite her and she does like start to go through the transformation, but then I I guess by the end, once like Jonathan leaves her, like they leave her alone with Dracula to finish the job. I thought that was interesting of like, oh, you don't really end up with Jonathan at the end. He's kind of let you go. And yet by the end, I feel like once she kills Dracula, then is she not a vampire anymore? Is that why the little, you know, communion wafer mark on her forehead disappears? Like, my question is, like, is she relegated at the end of this movie to just being a mortal human again? I think so. I think it, the ending to me read a lot like Beauty and the Beast, right? Where all he needed to do was find someone or Elizabeth, somebody like Elizabeth, to love him again so that he can un he can renounce God, you know, that he can have faith again so that he can be reunited with the real Elisabetta, right? And so I feel like she kind of broke the spell, if you will, and, yeah, and then wouldn't be a vampire anymore because all of that isn't necessarily... Yeah. It's metaphysical. It's not um, biological. Yeah, and Dracula and Elisabetta or whatever, like, go to ascend to heaven in the end, so it's like, we're good. You know, it's kind of like the end of Ghost. I don't need you anymore, Whoopi. Yeah, we're good. Right. Uh, but and because it's also like for such not I mean it's a little over two hours it's not like an epic movie but for such like a full movie it's a little bit of an abrupt ending. Oh yeah, no it 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 definitely ends very quickly and I'm but I but I am glad that it ended. I didn't need to see an epilogue. You know what I mean? I uh, no, I didn't care about John. I think at it all, only you know. I think I might have wanted to see like a little bit of like oh so like. Like, I kind of wanted to see a little bit of Mina being like, you know, after all this, dude, I think, like, let's just go our own way. You know, I let's I, I don't think there's any coming back from this one, baby. It's true. Um, she didn't really kind of close the loop with Jonathan, although, it, yeah, in very little dialogue, it was understood. Let her go. You know, she's, she's yeah. got more to do here. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, one one scene that I thought that you kind of referenced before with the lesbian kiss uh, with Lucy in that orange gown, which is just gorgeous. Uh, the music being just so epic during that storm and then her getting ravaged by, uh, I guess, Dracula um, as a ape slash wolf slash the yeah. guy from The Shining. Um, yeah, that scene, that is like, that's... Any shot of boobs in this movie is so 90s. They all look like 90s. Oh, tits. yeah. That was like I like the first time we saw, I think it was one of the brides, you know, maybe it was Monica Bellucci's boobs. And I just like immediately had that like 90s dude reaction of like, oh, shit, tits. <laughs> you know, like it's just that. Oh, shit, tits. And like, I just I think that is so funny to me, like that notion of like, oh, shit, tits. Yo, man, look, there's tits. Oh, there's like, I just think that's there so boobs. boobs. Yeah. Like, boobs are so f she's showing her boobs. I saw areola, yeah, you know, yeah. like, I just think that's so like the whole and the whole idea nudity. of like yeah. <laughs> of, of, of nudity and when the boobs are revealed yeah. and there's a very intentional way in which you suddenly see the boobs and they got to make sure this isn't an accident. You're seeing oh, the nipples. It's so nineties. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. so it's just 90s. like nudity and it's tits. It's not even like full tits. frontal nudity means no. tits just, you know, Tits in the yeah. 90s. Oh, yeah. let's have her. 
you know what? Let's have her tits be out for this scene. Oh, okay, George, yeah. roll it back. Um, yeah, we want to get our tits yeah, out yeah, for this one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, actresses Yo, needed to sign contracts. Out? Like, I will not show my tits because I feel like sometimes it was sprung on them on set. Like, that's where that clause came from. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, apparently what I read, Francis Ford Coppola was very uncomfortable with the making women take their shirts off in this movie. He was very much a gentleman. Oh. And I think he had his like son tell them or whatever. But so just to be sure, Frank, because I know you're not dead and you might be listening because it's a free episode. Uh, we're not saying this was you. You're no Stanley Kubrick. You know, no. or uh, oh God, uh, I'll stop right there. Um, yeah, no. And you know what's so funny about the first time we see the boobs is it's the same scene where God talk about over the top. This the scene, the sequence just got funnier and funnier. But the sequence with the brides, they they end up eating a baby. It's just like, oh, my God. And then it ends oh, with that yeah. laugh, that gay laugh where he laughs through his nose uh-huh it's that like i feel like that's like the popular like screenshot yeah. in this movie is him doing that laugh. yeah yeah uh -huh. um yeah they eat yeah because they're like oh isn't there anything for us tonight and then he gives them a little snack of a, a baby. baby it's like they wanted pizza they got garlic not the garlic, garlic knots, knots you yeah, know absolutely uh yeah uh the, the i think act one is so great because yes after that is when we get the furry porn um and lucy is just yeah. oh it's it's like she's in a softcore porn. Like she knew exactly what to do. She's one of the women from the comeback uh, season two. Mm -hmm. It's just, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's great. I really, I love the Lucy focus. I would say like act, act one is probably my favorite. It probably, that's how I want them is, is one, two, three, like act just one is I my favorite. Them. Act two. Yeah. I like That's just how I want them. Act three. I think, dragged a little bit for me i was like all right let's let's wrap this up here mm. just a little bit just for a minute after lucy dies i'm kind of like eh. the the best thing about act yeah. three because it's not winona ryder and you want it to be winona ryder having her moment right but it's not her it's actually dracula's climped costume his uh... the metallic looking coat that he's wearing when he comes out of the Why? Yeah. the the box, uh, yeah, and he like he kind of looks like the guy from Ghostbusters too. That's what I'm picturing. Yeah. So what he's wearing, they the costume designer was told to 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 do Gustav Klimt's the the kiss. Is that the name of the painting? Oh, I wouldn't know what a Klimt costume is. Klimt. I thought you said. Oh, I thought you, you had know this painting it. though. It's a very um, famous painting by Gustav Klimt. K L I M T. And look uh, it up, and then you'll be like, "Oh, this painting." Um, and yeah, that's oh that yellow yes, one. Yes, and that's what she created for him to wear. Ugh. Anyway, Ugh. that's the best um, part of that. Sequence and like God, the 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 bloody neck and then his face. Oh, it's it's so operatic. It's so just delicious. Uh, all of that, but yes, no. I Has like. Has there ever been a Dracula opera? Um, there's a musical out right now, Dracula the Musical. 
I know there's I know there's been like a musical on Broadway and all of that. But no, um, there has not been Dracula an opera, opera. There's not been a Dracula opera, at least one that's rose to prominence. Um, but yeah. yeah, no, I love the movie. Uh, I I love all of Lucy. Right. So when Lucy dies, I feel like okay, wrap it up, wrap it up. You know. Yeah, lap it up, baby. Lap it um, up. Lap it up. Yeah, I think so. I I agree. I think that because we're left with just the B story of like, oh yeah. yeah. I, I'm also I, in some ways it's like I'm. I would say I got a little bit more wrapped up in like the Mina and Dracula love story because I think that this movie gives like some interesting context of like oh. Dracula has a tragic backstory as well. Yeah. Like Elizabeth or whatever killed herself because she thought he died, you know, in battle. And so there is sort of a like tortured soul mm. thing versus just like, I'm thirsty. Mm. And so I feel like that once it like that had that scene of her being like, you know, save me from all this death. I was like, Oh, that's okay. I get why people get into this. I get this now. Yeah. Um, but it, the the epilogue for me is that then Jonathan Harker would just move in with me and I would just nurse him back to health with my love. The epilogue is like the boys go and keep hunting other vampires, right? Led by Van Helsing, you know? Well, I feel like, you know, I've only seen like tiny clips of like Dracula 2000. Like, remember like terrible, like, do you remember that movie, Dracula no, 2000? Oh, uh, oh, but I do feel like there's like a, uh, like three guys, oh God, Johnny and, like, Lee one Miller's of them. in it. Of course. Oh my yep. God! Jennifer Esposito is in it. Mary, why yep. are we talking about Dracula? Vitamin C 2000? plays Lucy. Oh my God! Yeah, Gerard vitamin C Butler. is Lucy. Jesus Christ! Wait, let's. Vitamin C is Lucy. Mary, I understand. How many times can I say this? Oh my! This God. is so Look important. At them. Look at them. This is camp. Yeah. This is like people are like, oh, oh watch Dracula, dead and loving it, and with Leslie Nielsen or whatever. I was like, no, 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 no. They, they, that. Well, we just have let's to do this. This is fabulous. We're just gonna have to. We're gonna have to crystal lubricant past Danny Masterson in it, though. Oh, is he in it too? He is. Oh. Whoops. Well, Johnny Lee Miller and Omar Epps, Jennifer Esposito, Mary. I'm good. This is great. Yeah. Jerry Ryan. Uh-huh. Uh, Nathan Fillion plays a priest. I'll bet it's so good. Mary, I'll bet it's so good. <laughs> I feel like, I mean, I think it's, I think it's terrible, but I would, I would do Dracula 2000. Oh, so uh, good. All right. All right. So bad. It's good. Anyway. Um, cool. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, I, I probably could talk about this movie for another hour and go beat by beat, but I think we've sufficiently scratched the surface, started our all right, scary season uh, with a good camp uh, rump and uh, great performances, great costumes, terrible accents. It all works. I'm surprised your family didn't have this movie on Laserdisc. This feels like a movie your family would have had on Laserdisc. No... This was not one of them. It was Terminator 2 was on Laserdisc. The mm. Money Pit. Jewel of the Nile. Jewel of the Nile, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the Money Pit, uh, nine and a half weeks was, you know, something my dad bought. Yeah, it wasn't like they were too prudish to get. No. 
Bram Stoker's they just Dracula weren't on, on Laserdisc. They had yeah. nine and a half weeks. My, I yeah. don't think my dad, like, he was into Jurassic Park and quoting Phantom of the Opera, you know? But Bram Stoker's Dracula, I, I don't think they got into, you know? It wasn't, I don't think they liked it. I feel like Dracula and Phantom of the Opera, they're just like two fags at the same bar, you know what I mean? Like, that's how I think of those two characters. Oh, just like yeah. Two faggy guys, yeah. you know? Needing to seduce a woman. Yeah. Yeah, to prove something. Yeah. 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 Broken hearts. Not falling yeah. for it. Isolated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Broke down palaces. Oh, my yeah. God. We didn't do it. Yeah. Kunka. Um, yeah. I, uh, I don't speak your goddamn language. That's what she says in that movie. Um, Racist. Well, they, were, they, they tried to make her sign something. A... Uh, you know, a confession form essentially, but she couldn't read it because it was in Thai. She said, speak Thai. Yeah. This is in Thai. I don't speak Thai. I don't speak your goddamn language. Um, yeah. Oh God. Claire Danes is terrible. Way harsh Thai. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Way it's harsh so worth, it's so worth it. Oh my God. Just walking like you own the place. I could quote that movie for sure. Um, all right, Mary's. Uh, I think we should end Dracula there. Should we reveal, Mary, what next week's All Right Scary is? I think we should. I think we should. I think um, we are. We are keeping it spicy. Next week, we are finally talking about the um, the summer camp slasher classic, Sleepaway Camp. Sleepaway Camp. I have not seen this movie. Uh, I this is one of those like you know when I wasn't renting Bram Stoker's Dracula as a kid from you know West Coast Video and Blockbuster I certainly did rent Sleepaway Camp and for many people listening you know you may know about Sleepaway Camp from the shocking twist ending and some people would say oh it's very controversial and whatnot and we'll talk about it but I think there's a lot more about that movie than just the ending that I think we're gonna have to queen out about uh, I mean like yeah there's there's a lot more to talk about and i am so excited it is so trashy it is i i think it's going to be really good i think it's going to be i think especially especially after this movie like you were going from like the the buffet at the bellagio to like you know bud's hut you know what i mean like we're mm. going to like a drive-in stewarts you know love love well marys if you have any thoughts on bram stoker's dracula from 1992 you can reach out to us on instagram at all right mary pod you can email us at all right mary podcast at gmail.com or you can find us on the web at www.allrightmary.com and if you want i'm on instagram at johnny also and you can hear even more of me talking about best supporting actresses like Sadie Frost, for example, uh, on the best supporting podcast every week. And you can find me on Instagram at Drucker underscore. And you can get more of both of us, including our coverage of Drag Race UK Season 5, all of our back-to-school episodes that we did in the past month, and at the Only Mary's level, our Only Mary's episodes where we're going deeper, harder, faster, and occasionally wetter at patreon.com slash allrightmary. All right, Mary. Well, I think I think the only song to leave us with, right, is the Annie Lennox song. Featured at the end of this yeah, movie. Yeah, Love Story for a Vampire. Well, yeah. Uh, the, the, I can't um, think of any of the others. 
that's a you know that's where this movie when we say like Francis Ford Coppola is making mom movies mm. that is where that's the bow on it is Annie Lennox during the closing credits this is a goddamn mom movie and I love it yeah yeah <laughs> they had to buy the soundtrack you know yeah exactly because you got to get that Annie Lennox song well, all right, Marys. Uh, stay spooky, stay safe, and, uh, you know, suck it out of me. Yeah, and in the words of Sandra Lee, keep it sweet. Totsies! Oh,